is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, we've got a couple of great guests today. Sheriff Mack, Sheriff Mack, the great sheriff who has started a movement called Constant, well, describing the role of sheriffs in our local law enforcement community, constitutional sheriffs and we'll talk with him also john schlafly it's a little bit late in the week for an update from john schlafly but we will get to him hey it's heading into the weekend i hope you're ready for a great weekend for a lot of folks school's already back in session for some folks it's next week or the week after all across the country uh, out in missouri it started already in california i think it has too uh, uh we'll see anyway i hope you everybody's having a great weekend maybe sneak some um some some uh, R&R in before school starts and everything else kicks in. Okay, we have to cover what you need to know today. It's a big day. It's a big day. The FBI, let me first describe something to you. When you want to in the old uh in the old days, in the old days of media and press, um you would drop a story that you sort of wanted to wash out. You drop it during a scandal. So if there's, say, the Afghan government is falling and the Taliban's taking over and it's chaos, that's a good time to drop a story. Uh, for example, did you know uh, that uh, that Andrew Cuomo's little brother, you probably remember this, who has a show over on CNN, he apologized for maybe not covering his brother uh, tough enough. Uh, and so that happened two nights ago in the middle of the uh, Afghanistan thing blowing up. It's a great blowing up's a bad term. But in, in, the, in the middle of that Afghanistan meltdown, that's a good time to dump a story. No one will really notice. People are watching other things. Same thing early Friday. When the FBI dropped a report that said there's scant evidence, meaning there's no evidence, they found no evidence of this great insurrection, coordinated insurrection on January 6th. The FBI dropped a report on Friday morning that basically said, and they did it on purpose. In the old days, see these people that are in the FBI and other places still operating on the old system, it doesn't work as well now because there's 24-hour news and social media. But they dropped this story, and, and, and literally the story is, yeah, we made it up. In other words, there's no evidence of a coordinated insurrection. There is evidence that if you bring a half a million people to the Capitol and some of them act like idiots, you're going to have someone break a window and perhaps worse. I, I give no, I have no excuse for somebody pushing a cop. I'm, 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 I'm definitely with the people that say, hey, you push a cop, you got a problem. But I got another thing when you, they say the doors are thrown open by the cops or there's a window broken, then the doors are opened up and people walk through and you're charging them and calling them insurrectionists. Remember what they did after January 6th? Big tech shut down people speaking. Big media said it was an armed insurrection with murder. And then they slowly backed off. Well, t- on Friday morning, they backed off so far that they said there was no coordinated effort. They actually mentioned one of the commentators on this. I think it was in the report. It could have been in the summary or even it could have been. Oh, it was, a, it was an interview that a senior uh, administration official said, yeah, there was no coordination. There was no Roger Stone uh, and, uh, and Alex Jones kind of thing. Do you understand what's going on? After January 6th, because of the way it was positioned, the January 6th, they put barbed wire in, in two different in two different wraparounds the Capitol. They they went out of their way to say that this was a deep threat. There was an insurrection. There was and they beat into everybody's head. Remember the the the, uh, the Joe Biden inauguration had to have like and they had fifty thousand uh, national guard. It was all a lie. And now the FBI says no no there was nothing there. Let's not let's move on. Let's convict the five hundred and seventy people that are charged with something. Let's kick them. Let's move on. You know why? Because the real story here. Besides the lying about it, besides the absolute destruction of of confidence in this country because the narrative machine, big tech, big media, big government shoved down our throat the idea that it was an insurrection and it wasn't. 
That was the narrative machine. That's blown up now. Narrative's gone. The narrative machine is gone to smithereens. But the real problem here, the real issue here, the real story here is that Nancy Pelosi was in charge of the Capitol Police and the Capitol grounds and the FBI had a job to do. If there was, they knew for months, I, look, I was, I was there. I was in, I, I live in the Washington area for weeks. You knew that there was a major event at the Capitol for we, and for, for about a week before Trump said he was going to speak. Everybody that has a law enforcement uh, role in the, in the area knew what was going on. They all have intelligence forces. They have people dedicated to that. Nancy Pelosi had a Capitol Police, all kinds of experts. Expertise and they blew it. And the reason they blew it, I suspect, is one of two reasons. One, that Pelosi wanted to blow it. She was happy to have it look like ugly and nasty and unpleasant and unruly. I don't know if I can guess that in her mind. But two, they just were ignorant. They were idiots. They were dumb. They're incompetent. And and oh, you know, there's part of this that says there's clearly evidence and we can't, we can't know for sure yet. And maybe we'll never know. I think the FBI wants us to never look closer. But there's evidence in some of the pleadings of the people that have been charged that there were FBI informants inside some of these things, that there were people that didn't belong, that there were leftists, maybe Antifa. And none of that has been played out. Why? Because Pelosi would have to look at her own role and her own positions in controlling. The Capitol's not controlled by the president, the White House. It's controlled by the Speaker of the House, including the Capitol Police. And the FBI would not be talking to the Capitol Police only if they were allowed to by Trump. That's not how that works. So who missed the idea if there was a conspiracy? There wasn't a conspiracy. There wasn't an insurrection. There wasn't. And that's what came out today. Think about it. Back to my point. If you want to hide a story, drop it in the middle of a story where Americans are in harm's way in Afghanistan and people are, are, are literally reporting of executions of sympathizers to America. And the world is watching and wondering if America is you know, going to figure out how to handle this. And is Joe Biden going to come out and talk about it? Literally, it's the, one of the most tumultuous times in years. And the FBI drops this report on a Friday morning. And the report says, yeah, no conspiracy, no planning, no nothing. A massive rally. And I've said it, if I said it earlier, I'll say it again. If you had a rally, if you had, a, if you had the L.A. Coliseum full to the rafters for USC versus UCLA or, I don't know, the Raiders versus the Rams, what's the best rivalry you could have? I don't know, pick a, oh, how about like the Dallas Cowboys uh, playing the Rams and, and have everybody in that place and it's a roll. If you have that many people in one place, you're going to have a, a thousand idiots who get drunk or get carried away and break a window or get in a fight or whatever, right? I mean, it's inevitable. I mean, they do it better. I mean, if you go to Detroit, if you have a Detroit wins a, a NBA title, then they burn the city down, right? I mean, so, but and my point here is you had a half a million, I think you had a million people who were here and, and here's the trick. Nobody says, again, there's such, there's such liars. I was on a TV interview. The guy said, Donald Trump gave a speech and he said, oh, you should commit violence. He's a liar. Donald Trump said you should march down Constitution Avenue, but no violence. That's what he said. And if you were there and I was there, it was, a, it was a kind of valedictory. It was an ending. He didn't seem energized. He seemed like it was over. It was not a rah, rah, let's go get him. It was like it's over. And I think the million people that were here felt like it was over. And then a thousand of them acted like hooligans. And some of them just got caught going in the door because after the Capitol Police didn't have a plan or did whatever happened, broke down. I don't want to blame them. 
But whatever happened that broke down, there was a lot of Capitol Police that said, yeah, we're not going to fight all these people. It looks like a tailgating party. We'll just let them walk through, take selfies or whatever. So my feeling on this and what you need to know is it is an absolutely stunning admission. And you will not hear Nancy Pelosi change a single thing. Neither will the media. Neither will big tech. They'll say it was an insurrection, even though this shows it wasn't. And they'll just move on. And by the way, I don't trust the FBI. I think the FBI is doing this to get out of the way. Because the FBI, don't, 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 get, don't get me wrong, I'm not here saying, oh, Christopher Ray is great. I'm saying Christopher Ray should resign. And I'm saying it's a disaster. But I think they know they're caught because there's no insurrection. They, can't, they haven't charged a single person under the Insurrection Act. They're charging people for vandalism and, and uh, disruption of public proceedings. Not exactly hardcore charge. Nobody's been charged with conspiracy to commit insurrection. Nobody's been charged with any conspiracy to commit a crime. Well, some crimes, conspiracy to interrupt public proceedings or something like that. But no conspiracy to take out a, a, a member or anything like nothing like that. It's all a lie. And so here we are. Where do you go to get your country back? Where do you go to get confidence in the institutions back? Where do you go to, to remove the images that will be seared into a history of a Capitol building wrapped with barbed wire on the day of the inauguration of the president? All BS. All done to damage America. These people, Pelosi and others, they hate America. They have to hate America because what they're doing to it. All right, that's what you need to know. We got to take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk with Sheriff Mack, the constitutional sheriff, and also John Schlafly update on Afghanistan. Hey, do me a favor. Go to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up right there on your um, on the website. Just put your email address in. Get the daily email. It's up to about 50,000 people to get the daily email every morning at uh, 5 a.m. East, uh, excuse me, 5 a.m. Pacific time. Goes in your inbox, 8 a.m. East Coast time. A few of the key uh, uh, stories I see, a few key topics, and a lot more. So the ProAmerica Report, uh, ProAmerica Report. All right, take a break. We'll be right back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Talk to you in a moment. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. A great uh, privilege. I've, I've had him on my show before, but it's been too long. A sheriff, excuse me, Sheriff Richard Mack, who is now heading up the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Very important. He is, um, for uh, most of his life, was in law enforcement, served as a sheriff for, I think, over a decade, and uh, has been focusing on this question of constitutional sheriff and law enforcement for longer than we've had this pandemic, way before this, he was working on this. But certainly right now, the role of the sheriff in our counties, in our communities, is more important than ever. And uh, Sheriff Richard Mack, the retired sheriff, is traveling around the country uh, communicating to people, hey, this is what this means. This is how it fits together. This is what you can expect. And the website, by the way, for his organization is CSP, uh, excuse me, CSPOA.org, CSPOA.org, which, of course, is the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Sheriff Mack, sorry for the long warm-up. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Ed. Thanks so much for having me on. I've uh, followed the uh, Eagle Forum for a long time. In fact, uh, when I was first in college, Phyllis Lafley spoke at our college at a rally. Eastern Arizona College in southeast Arizona. Oh, isn't that great? Yeah, she loved she we we think she has the record for most college campuses uh, spoken uh, on. She did she did just thousands, hundreds and hundreds of speeches. We think it's more than a thousand. But all right, Sheriff Mack, now you've been talking about this issue because you came up in law enforcement and you've been for years now, long before the pandemic, saying, hey, pay attention. The power is with we, the people and local and sheriff and peace officers can matter. Did you ever expect to see what's happened in the pandemic and in this aftermath 
and how challenging it is direct. It's challenging directly into the heart of what you've been talking about. Yes, it is. And you're right. I've been doing this for over at least for 25 years. Uh, way back mm-hmm. when I started the lawsuit against the Clinton administration in 1994, my whole right. gist of that was based on do we in law enforcement who swear an oath before we can take our jobs, we swear an oath of allegiance to the Constitution. And and mm-hmm. I just saw a dearth of evidence that we actually pay any attention to that oath. And since I did that lawsuit... I have been telling law enforcement, I've written books about it, specifically about whether or not we will keep our word to uphold and defend the United States Constitution. Now, to answer your other part of your question, there's no way I ever thought I would see such destruction to individual and and community liberty than we are today. And all under the excuse that as long as there's a crisis, we can do anything to you that we want. And that's what government is brainwashing us into believing. That is what they're doing. And it's wrong, immoral, unconstitutional, and absolutely unfathomable that we could ever be in this position. Well, and we're talking with a sheriff, a Richard Mack, retired sheriff who now runs the organization. It's called the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. If you go to CSPOA.org, you can learn all about it. Um, Okay, so we all feel that. And now when you go out and talk, it, it, what is the action step for people? Is it get your get your sheriff to understand that you know what your rights are? Is it if your sheriff doesn't run for, you know, run for sheriff? Uh, how do you now? Because I bet you now you're, you're speaking all over the country. Again, Sheriff Richard Mack yeah. is traveling around the country talking. Uh, what is it that people can do when they feel what they're feeling and they hear what you're saying? Well, first, all of us need to be educated, and the people as well. First of all, you need to know what your sheriff's supposed to know. And so we do a constitutional class for law enforcement officials uh, geared and aimed at sheriffs in this country. Sheriffs are a different animal. They're the only elected law enforcement officer executive in the country. And by so doing, they report only to the people. They have no other boss. Most people don't know that. We need to know that. And you also need to know that he's the ultimate protector of the people, uh, and he is required to protect you and your individual liberty against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. So it does not matter who the perpetrator is that is destroying America, destroying liberty, uh, or uh, violating the law. If it's a federal agent, then so that's too bad. The sheriff has to stop it. If it's a street gang, okay, same thing. He has to stop it. He has to protect the people from all crimes. And the first action step that we require is, one, that you yourself get educated. Second, that you have and maintain a friendly relationship with your sheriff, and you try to get him educated. And all of this education is available at our website, Another part of what we want is every citizen to become a member of the CSPOA, citizen, not sheriffs. I don't care if sheriffs join. That's great. Well, I do care. But I don't go after the sheriffs to join. I don't want them thinking, Mac only wants me to go to this training so he can get my dues uh, to become a member, right. a monthly dues for becoming right. a member. No, I do not want money to get in the way of me and the sheriffs. The citizens, mm-hmm. this is your organization. 
You should join, you should donate, and you should be a part of this. And you must take this to your sheriffs. When sheriffs hmm. come to our meetings, it's because their citizens got them there. Hmm. Oh, that's important. You know, I was, I've been talking to some folks down in uh, Florida. You know, we're based, the Philadelphia Eagles are based in uh, Missouri, uh, but down in uh, Lakeland and Polk County, and they have uh, Sheriff Grady Judd down there who's been uh, pretty outspoken and pretty good on, on all this. Uh, but, you know, the phrase that we use is local action, national impact. You, you're not going to go and suddenly uh, file a brief. You, you might. You might file a brief in a Supreme Court case. That might. But more, more likely, the way to impact is get to know your sheriff. You go find your sheriff and say, hey, can I talk yeah. to you? That guy wants to get along with you because he wants to get reelected and he's probably in it for his heart's in the right place. Uh, but now, how do you react? Again, we're talking with Sheriff Richard Mack with the increasing power and use of power of the federal government, whether it's the money that they have that's an influence on decision making or the use of law and preying on our ignorance. It's almost like the wave of federal power is like a tsunami right now. It is, and you tell them no. Now, I sued the federal government, and that was actually right. a mistake. The sheriffs, when they get together and they tell the federal government, no, you're not doing that here. Sheriff Brad Rogers in Elkhart County, Indiana, kicked the FDA yeah. out. When I was sheriff, huh. I kicked out the EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers. Sheriff uh, Glenn Palmer in Grant County, Oregon, uh, diminished and stood in the way and got the uh, Bureau of Land Management and Forest Service to leave his uh, citizens alone. Hmm. And he challenged their authority, not by going to court, but by telling them, I challenge your authority. I don't see where you have law enforcement authority in this county. And it's the ones that just stand up to them are the ones that have made the big progress. You sue the federal government in their own courts, and the deck is stacked against you. So we nullify and we put them on hmm. notice that there's certain things they're just not going to be able to do in his or her county. Yeah, it is. A, it's uh, we're talking again with uh, Richard Mack, Sheriff Richard Mack, retired sheriff who runs the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, CSPOA.org. You should check it out. It is um, all that you say. I think people are getting more motivated. What about I know your job, your organization's not saying run for sheriff, but uh, are you finding that more sheriffs are uh, ca are educating themselves, being feeling this, the, what's going on, and sort of, it's almost like you might have been agnostic before and thought, well, here comes Mac. He's got a lot of things he's talking about, but I'm just doing my job. Keep. I don't want drugs in my county. I don't want this. And but with what's happening, are you feeling? Uh, it, are people uh, getting it? Are the sheriffs getting it more? Yes, they are. And I will tell you, the sheriffs in Iowa and even more so in Texas are on fire uh -huh. with this. And I, I will hmm. tell you. The request from sheriffs to do our training in their area, we can't even keep yeah. up with it. It is so much, and it's because, again, people like you yourselves and your members are waking their sheriffs up and getting them involved. Hmm. Well, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm uh, unfortunately out of time, and we're talking with Sheriff Richard Mack, and I will put it all up on social media, CSPOA, uh, the const.org, Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Thank you, sir, for your service and also for staying out there in the fray. I appreciate it very much. Thanks for all you do, too, Ed. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. We'll have you on again very soon. We'll take a break, everybody. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment.
Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Time to catch up with John Schlafly and find out what John Schlafly and his brother Andy have done this week on the Schlafly Report, the weekly column that runs over at our sister site, which is townhall.com, and is archived at phyllisschlafly.com, where John is one of the senior leaders there and with whom I work. John, the title of this week's column, Progressive's Last Stand in Afghanistan. I don't know, John. Is it just the Progressive's Last Stand, or is it the sort of establishment in general that includes some uh, some quote-unquote Republican conservatives? Uh, but tell us, tell us what you're writing about. Well, and of course, all eyes are on Afghanistan since last weekend. And it's a, you know, it's a tragedy and a catastrophe, but one that has been very long in the making. And, uh, you know, I think we have to remind everyone that our military forces did a superb job in about 60 days in the fall of 2001 to remove the al-Qaeda element in Afghanistan, which had harbored the... 9-11 hijackers. But, you know, that was 20 years ago, and what have we been doing since then? It appears that the progressives decided to try to take down the Taliban, which, of course, that was never our objective. We didn't go to Alistair. We did not go over there to fight the Taliban. Uh, and the Taliban has now won, and the Taliban evidently had the support of the majority of the country and uh, there we are. The progressives, uh, you know, wanted to, you know, build schools for girls, and, uh, and I'm all for educating girls, but, uh, you know, we have problems with education in our own country, and the just the idea that American troops could reform uh, a country where 90% of the population cannot read and write, and over 90% of the population are Muslim, maybe 99%. And, um, and you know, technologically primitive. They live uh, tribally. There is no real government. And it was never, ever going to work. And it was just postponing the tragic, inevitable outcome for years and years and years after our military leaders, you know, look at our, Ed, look at our, chairman of our Joint Chiefs of Staff, who recently appeared before Congress, talking about critical race theory and understanding the roots of white rage, instead of, you know, studying the art of war and figuring out how to win a war. I mean, that's where we are these days. There's so much, uh, there's so much corruption in our national government in Washington, including including in the intelligence services who didn't see this coming, apparently, including in the Pentagon, including the uh, generals who year after year told us everything was okay until it wasn't. And I think, Ed, that an awful lot of heads need to roll, starting with the president and the vice president, because I think both of them should resign. Uh, You know, they are the ones who were the immediate cause of this catastrophe, which, you know, and uh, somebody has got... Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Are you, you, are you, you just call for the resignation of whom? Uh, I'm calling for the resignation of the president, the vice president, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the secretary of defense, the head of the CIA. Uh, I mean, wow. they all need to go. I mean, this, yeah. I mean, 
somebody has got to pay for this. There are many, many footprints or fingerprints on what happened. On this tobacco. Well, uh, I I agree. John, John, I want to tell you, I I came up with the best insight on this. You won't be surprised to know that it was the best one. But and it's this. Joe Biden still thinks he's a senator. And if you're a senator, you can go to your hideaway, your hideaway office up in Capitol Hill and, and no one can get to you. And, and if you if you if they say got to come vote, you don't have to go vote. If they say you got to come comment to the press, you don't have to come. You're a senator. You're like a you're like the king. You're the king of Siam, and no one can. Your hideaway. Joe Biden thinks he's a senator, and he's trying to go to his hideaway, and he's getting calls from the Prime Minister of Britain. Doesn't respond. Doesn't take the call. He's not talking to the press. Not talking to the European Union. Not talking to Afghanistan. He, he's at his hideaway. He thinks he's a senator. But John, I want to pause. I want to I want to finish. We're talking with John Schlafly, and he writes the weekly column, The Schlafly Report. Um, this week's column is posted over at townhall.com, but also at phyllisschlafly.com. John, I want to finish I want to finish this interview. I want to talk about this for the rest of this interview. It's a great moment in American history. Here's why. Can we now all agree? Can we bring a national consensus to the fact that we now can see, because of media, social media, otherwise, how impossible it is to transfer from America to another place our common, uh, our culture, and our national documents and ethos. It's impossible to do. So perhaps this can be the last time we try. So we can run a drone in and blow up uh, the next Al-Qaeda cell. I'm all for it. But we don't have to go try to build schools. Uh, isn't this a good, uh, isn't this a very positive moment in, in the history of the nation state that if we can claim it? And make this mark in the, going forward. Never again will we try to build schools in places where they get, we we just aren't going to do that. Isn't that good? Well, it is a teaching moment, but you know we have to discuss how we're going to convey that message to the American people. Because uh, you know, and I think it begins with a reckoning. To use one of the liberals' favorite words. We need to be. We need to have a reckoning of the failures of the defense establishment and the intelligence establishment, and that means parading uh, in the public, in some sort of public way, everyone who has fingerprints in this crisis, in order to make them take the fall. And a, a process of investigation and a reckoning that goes on for many weeks and months, in order to drive home the message that you are talking about, and you realize, of course, that. You know, we don't control the Congress right now. We don't control the media. And uh, uh, those who do control the media, including the social media, are going to protect their friends who are control of the government. And they're going to prevent them from taking the fall for this. You know, they're going to try to blame Trump for it. And they're going to try to, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know they're n- in other words, they're not going to permit the message to get through unless we... You know, all conservatives who believe as you do uh, unite in order to convey that message. And unfortunately, there are some on our own team who are themselves complicit in the what happened over there over the past 20 years. Well, all right, John, so let me pull back now. I, well, we had that moment. I tried to cool off your fervor to have everybody resign in the government because it's not going to happen. Um, who would you point a finger to to say, either, even if it's symbolic, as you say, you know, I, my, my argument right now is that the world is watching America and they're seeing just they're seeing Joe Biden in his hideaway and they're wondering what. But who point one finger, John, you get to pick one person who needs to, and it can't be Biden. It's not going to be Biden or Kamala Harris. Let's get real. I mean, we, we just if, if, there, if there was if there was if there was if there 
there were men and women in Congress that had res- self-respect, they, by now they would have put together a, a, a way to put the pressure on. It's not going to happen. So you can point to one member of the Biden administration that you would say, that, that man or woman has to be held accountable for this debacle. Who do you pick? Uh, well, I'm not sure. Possibly, you know, maybe the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff or the Secretary of Defense. Um, uh, you know, I'm not. You know what? Sure, we'll have to. Uh, well, you know, and of course, many of the people who brought this to us are now long gone, including right. President Bush. Uh, but um, yeah, but John, here's I'm, so I'm, 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 let me give you one I that's really not. I don't think one person, unless you have an idea to answer your own question, Ed, perhaps you do. Uh, you know, that's you really shouldn't ask a question unless you know the answer. But uh, maybe there is. I do know the. I do. I do. I do know the answer. I do. I. I do know the answer. I do know the answer. It's it's easy. It's it's Benghazi. Susan Rice. It's, you know, Susan Rice, who was a national security advisor uh, during the uh, Obama administration and lied about Benghazi. And then she uh, now she is the domestic policy advisor and is, you know, here's the thing, John, you know this. I know this. But America is going to now know this when I when I finish this explanation. When you work for an executive in the White House, the, the people in charge are not the secretary of defense. It's not the, the joint chief staff. It's the, de- it's the chief of staff, the deputy chief of staff, the personalities there in the White House. It's Ron Klain and the people that are running things that are making the decisions or allowing the president of the United States to not understand what's happening. You control the flow of information up to the executive who makes the decisions. And so I would say when history is written, if it is written, if it can ever be known, that Susan Rice is the most dominant person personality and and quote-unquote leader in that white house and she is never you don't ever hear her name in the paper you don't even hear her name anymore she's smart enough to know stepping back is better but that's who i would hold accountable john that's that's my pick okay well uh, i'm all for it we can start with her but i don't think we ought to start with her she, I, i'm not sure she's her she's such a flashpoint you know as she has successfully so you know put herself in the background as you just a bit and uh so I'm not sure you can make her into the make her the fall guy or girl. But yeah. I'm well, for it. let's give it a try. All right, uh, John Schlafly, go over to go over to uh, townhall.com or even better, profilishlafly.com, everybody, and and check out his recent column. Uh, it is uh, over there, and it is uh, called "Progressives' Last Stand in Afghanistan." Thank you, John. As always, we appreciate it. We'll talk again next week. All right, we'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Fox News host Tucker Carlson announced on his evening cable show that an NSA whistleblower had come forward to warn Tucker that, quote, The National Security Agency is monitoring electronic communications and is planning to leak them in an attempt to take the show off the air, end quote. Based on the evidence presented by Carlson and this whistleblower, it looks like both are making credible claims. Carlson says that the whistleblower was able to provide his team with private information that could have only been obtained by viewing his electronic communications. The only problem is that it violates federal law for the NSA to spy on American citizens. And the violation is especially egregious when the spying is being conducted for partisan political purposes. The roots of the deep state clearly run deep. 
If they're willing to flout federal law to come after Tucker, who knows which one of us could be next? Of course, the NSA was quick to deny the whole thing. They released a statement promising that they only focus on their stated mission, which is to monitor intelligence from foreign actors. However, what possible reason do we have to take the NSA at their word? Credible accusations against the NSA go all the way back to the 1970s. And back in 2013, whistleblower Edward Snowden famously leaked thousands of documents implicating the NSA for spying on American citizens. Absolutely no one should be surprised by this new accusation from Tucker Carlson. However, Carlson's claim does add one new tidbit to the conversation. He was the one to uncover the fact that the NSA seems to be doing this spying on behalf of a clear ideological agenda. If the NSA wants to get Tucker Carlson tonight canceled, it can only mean one thing. The deep state is weaponizing the National Security Agency against conservatives and that they don't even mind stepping over a few federal laws in the process. This is what comes with an overbearing federal bureaucracy. Big government is not a faceless machine. There are nearly 2 million civilian federal employees, and many of them are willing to use their positions of power to fight conservatives at every turn. It's our turn to fight back. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we think it's time to take Washington back from the power brokers. At phyllisschlafly.com, we're organizing a grassroots movement to stand against the deep state bureaucrats who control government. For the latest strategies, go to phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, let's finish up with a couple of uh, catch-alls. I got a couple of uh, emails sent to me. I want to, uh, uh, a couple of stories that pointed out to me. So, and by the way, go over to ProAmericaReport.com for all these great interviews uh, earlier. Uh, John Schlafly just now, Sheriff Mack, all that. Um, so I had one story sent to me that I had to dig into and find out. It turns out that Joe Biden um, has decided to automatically cancel nearly $6 billion, with a B, billion dollars in student loans. Now, how does that happen, you say? Well, it turns out that there is a program in the law that's called the Total and Permanent Disability Discharge Program. And what it means is if you're permanently, discharge, uh, permanently disabled, Total and Permanent Disability Discharge Program. Yeah, I got it. Okay, so TPD. The TPD Discharge Program says that student loan borrowers who are unable to maintain substantial gainful employment due to a physical or psychological medical impairment can get their federal student loans canceled. You see what's going on here? I, 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 I don't know how to tell you this, but the, the wiggle room created in these laws is insane. And the place to go, I hate to drag abortion politics into it, is when they Roe v. Wade and Doe v. Bolton passed, they said that there could be abortion. And, and one of the reasons that abortion was justified is the health of the mother. You've heard of this, the health of the mother. 
except that they try to define health as any any kind of health, not physical, like not the mother dying from the from a say the classic example is a mother is about to die if she has the baby because of cancer. There's a, a few famous cases. You know, can you have an abortion? That would sound like the health of the mother is at risk. Well, what happened is they use health of the mother and they say psych- psychological health. And in a world where psychological health has now been defined in like a sliding scale, it's just crazy. So back to this plan. $6 billion with a B, you can get your loans forgiven if you apply and you say, I can't work. I can't do gainful employment. Not because you got your foot blown off in Iraq or Afghanistan, or not even because you got in an accident at work, just because you may have psychological problems. How many people are going to have psychological problems after the pandemic, after the craziness of the media, what it's done? And here's what we know happened over the course of the last 25 years. This uh, notion of disability has already been test driven by the left to expand Social Security disability. And if you get honest uh, liberals who want to actually have a safety net, they say, oh, my gosh, the racket that developed where Social Security disability was granted to anybody because the uh, uh, administrative law judges are the same people who were the lawyers who represented these people. And the system goes like this. You get a lawyer who's going to get paid a bunch of money if he gets you disability. That guy goes before an administrative law judge and says, this person's disabled. Here's a letter from the doctor who we paid a fee to get that. And this here it is. And they say, okay, good, disabled. And you've watched the roles of the quote unquote disabled swell in the last 25 years now we're going to forgive loans based on the fact that people have psychological disabilities my point is not that there's not people that are psychologically disabled there probably are or maybe say it differently people that are disabled can't work can't function because of psychological issues i probably i think that's true i think that exists but is that going to become the catch-all? You go to a psychologist, he says you've got anxiety. You go to your lawyer, he says anxiety, that's good. You go to an ALJ, that's good. And you get your loans forgiven. And don't remember, they're not really forgiven. The, the, the school gets paid. The university where you took the load, took the courses gets paid. It just means that the government doesn't make you pay if you're disabled, if you get this qualification, which means the taxpayer pays. You and I pay. So it's another racket that they're doing. And it's a great one. Thank you for sending it to me. I, I, can't, I can't find the email the person sent it to me. Uh, here's the one that Dave sent me. And he, they've heard, you've heard me talk about this in the past. Um, and never let a crisis go to waste. In uh, Italy right now, they're trying to push through a, a referendum. And it's for assisted suicide. And uh, the right to die activists are hoping for a breakthrough. And they've been trying for a long time. They always use the worst cases, right? The saddest Cases a quadriplegic, I think is, yeah, the quadri- a quadriplegic is the one who's leading this. But they're trying to push this through. I- again, what they're counting on is the chaos of this moment, right? The chaos in Italy, it's been terrible, terrible chaos, terrible, uh, all sorts of upset, upheaval, not just from the pandemic, also from the shifts in, uh, in the Italian uh, life and all. But they're pushing through a right to die. Now, again, um, we, we could have a moral conversation about right to die, and we should. And more importantly, we should talk about the end of life and, and what it requires and how you should think about it. It's important. But when the government says that you have a right to die and a right to assisted suicide, you will run into a problem where money starts to drive the agenda. You want the end of your life to be driven by an agenda that has to do with the values you care about. If you're a faithful person and and Christian, you have a certain vision of what the future is, Jewish too. If you're atheist, you have a vision of what you want. 
But if it's money that drives it, in America, we have a hospice system that pays a ton of money, capitated payment, and if you live longer on hospice, it doesn't work out as well for the bottom line of the people doing hospice. So you really have to get people that care about it and hopefully aren't going to be pushed by the money, but that's hard to do. So the Italians are trying to push through a right to die and there becomes a right to die industry. And there's nothing like somebody being at the end at at a tough time in their life. Let's say at the end of your life facing terminal cancer or whatever. And someone comes along and says, this is how you solve that. It's a very scary thing. It's a very scary thing. Anyway, thank you. It was Dave that sent that to me. I I do care a lot about that end of life. I care a lot about this bioethics as the society, as our culture has become in the West has become more secular. It's just becomes who's worth more in terms of money, who's worth more in terms of utility, not something about the image and likeness of God. It's a big deal. So um, that's one thing. So I'll put them up on social media and uh, appreciate those both uh, from you. Thank you. All right, everybody, we got to run. Have a great weekend. I want to say thank you as always to the great uh, Noah Dingley, our producer, also to Joanna for booking our guests. And we will be back next week. Don't forget, you can go to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and you can check in on all these great interviews and sign up for the daily uh, wink there and we'll be back have a great weekend everybody we will talk to you next week it's ed martin here on the pro america report talk to you then this is the pro america report on the answer san diego